0: It
1: happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter. One man it
0: Merely a two-word review—just a "shit sandwich." I will roll the record up to that That right like, there is a, a lot. lot. of Welcome back to the Basement Fellow Music Lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. And as usual, we are so happy to have you down here. Uh, we are going to reward your patronage today with a, a mighty entertaining chat with a guy who, who may have just written one of the best books uh, about rock and roll uh, of all time. Um, Ryan Walsh, he fronts the band called Hallelujah the Hills up in Boston. Is actually, I heard of him because Matt Condon, our live guy, is, is a really big fan of theirs. So we've covered him a few times. Um, and a, about a year ago, I think, it's, it, it started to come out that he was writing this book about Astral Weeks. which Van Morrison's Astral Weeks is just sort of this magical totem in musical history. Uh, I don't know a single person that doesn't love it. And I don't know a single person that doesn't have experiences around it or has just been affected by it. It is... Um, It is almost like out of time, out of place. It just exists because it had to. Um, But uh, it certainly played an important role in in Ryan's life. And um, and so he wanted to write about it. And what he came back with is not necessarily about Van Morrison or even Astro Weeks. It is about how, to my mind, how uh, art, the, the world around us seeps into the art we create whether or not we like it or not there's so many things that, that Van Morrison could not have known that were going on uh, that fed into what makes this album sort of what it is and uh, and Ryan tracked down all those leads and, and it, the results are stunning quite honestly I and mean, people are raving about this in places like the New York Times now uh, all over the place and and rightfully so uh, it, is a, uh, it is a it is just a firecracker of a, of a read and uh, a, one of my favorite books about about rock and roll uh, period that I think I've ever read. So um, so you could imagine I was thrilled when he, he agreed to uh, come hang out here in the basement for a little while. He was doing a reading here, in Washington D.C. a few weeks back, and uh, he came hang out, came and hung out, and we uh, we chatted about it, and it was uh, it was great. So uh, that's that's gonna be your podcast this thursday um if you stick around after we talk i'm gonna play a little track by a band called ultimate spinach which you'll hear we get into a little bit how that plays into it but there's one of these boston bands that was uh that was around then the Boston sound in 1968 and uh and and inadvertently you know it's got to it play a part in the story uh so a little context there for you and and that's gonna be it um so if you're ready to uh to go down there if you've read the book hopefully you've read the book if not this will convince you to write the book if you read it it's a good companion uh if you have not read it uh this will hopefully excite you enough to go out and purchase it uh for it is amazing uh just like mr ryan walsh so here we go sitting down talking about uh astral weeks secret history in 1968 with its author uh ryan walsh Sort of. <laughs> not quite. Uh-huh. Not quite. But um, I honestly, uh, I don't, and it's just sort of rolling. I'm not quite sure where to start with this. I, I, uh, to. First of all, I, I said this in an email to you. You've written one of the great rock and roll tomes of all time. I can't believe that. This is. Well, I mean, that's what's actually exciting about it because <laughs> because you can you can read this thing and understand that like you are. I I can never figure out if you're like an observer if you're in it or it's like what the fuck is going on. Okay, all right, with this yeah. and and it's like it's so powerful. And as somebody who, um, like I don't know, this is a weird thing with maybe music journalists or something, but he, he, like you listen to so much that you don't like write music. Like that's the opposite because, like I'm also a musician, but also like I, I write so much and do this stuff that I don't read a lot.
1: Of criticism. Or of anything. Of, okay, got, yeah, yeah, I just don't have time. And, right. And sure, so, yeah. so I read like you wanna make oh, really of-
0: fast when I was younger and now slower. But this I was like, Okay, I know it's coming out and gotta get a hold of it. And then when I did, I was just like burned through it in like three days. And I was like, What the life It's opened a hole into like the way I experienced like the world almost like as a teenager, right? Uh-huh. Um through something that I think is your starting point with this was just how badass an album Astral Weeks is, right? The whole thing
1: comes from a fan being a huge fan of that record. Right. Yeah. Because it's magical. Now, I think so. Lester Banks thought so. A lot of people i have been telling me their weird Astral Weeks stories mm-hmm. in the last few weeks, and um, it just never ends. Everyone's got them. Yeah. So cool. Um Really, no way to prove it's all anecdotal, but there's a lot. Well, of it. <laughs> we're, we're gonna
0: we're, we're gonna get to all that, man. So, like, but but y- y- you, how did this come together? You you wrote an article first okay, off, okay. So
1: and then this was so long because all right, so age like twenty two, I find the album right, and uh, I was a sad, lonely fella at the time, and like every time I listened to it, it just seemed to do something good for me. Mm-hmm. So I kept listening to it, and then eventually. Look, flip the cover over on the back. There's that poem that's signed with Van's yeah. signature. It's mentioning Cambridgeport, Hyannis, Cape, and like a dummy, I thought, um, "Oh, those must be places in Ireland too," <laughs> because, <laughs> because it, it, yeah. it made no sense that they would. Right. he's from Belfast. There's just no way they're. He's he's written about Massachusetts locales. Right. did you on grow up back in Massachusetts? My, yeah, born and raised in. In Dedham, which is the first suburb south of Boston. Gotcha. Okay. And then as soon as I started college within city limits mm-hmm. that whole time. So, you know, I'm a, I, I I have a huge fondness for the city. And then, so f- for the city I loved and the album I loved yeah. suddenly to seem to so have a like, Venn diagram that overlapped. Right. And, but then also no one knew why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was like um, just a magnetic pull for me. And it took a long time. To figure out anything. There yeah. was very very little online then. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, very little in the bios that existed and the ones that came out subsequent. And then just it came to a head in 2015 where um, someone uh, who had been letting me write for the Phoenix was now in charge of Boston Magazine. Mm-hmm. And he said I could do that piece in the magazine. And that kind of gave me permission to just start cold calling people, knocking on doors. <laughs> and... um but you're yeah. you're a musician though. You, you oh, you're right, in the right. Hills. Yes, is that is that a? I mean,
0: look, writing, especially the type of writing you do in your music. It, 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 imagine it requires research. You're telling stories, and that. But was that something that you had ever like done? Just like straight up journalism, like I'm going to go out and do this.
1: Um, not in that way, but like for instance, BU. I was music editor of the Daily Free Press for a year gotcha. year and a half. Yeah, and that was such an excuse for free CDs. <laughs> and to call up, call up people I admire. Right. I interviewed like... That's Ant- what this whole thing is. That's what you- <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I ended up talking to people I don't admire too. Right. But like back in the day, like calling Andy Partridge of XTC. Yeah. Interviewing, uh, guided by voices when they played the Middle East, stuff like that. Um, And, you know, and then I was at school for film. And then I start doing the songwriting music thing. So really all of those after, you know... 15 years came together in the book. Yeah. Yeah. For which sure. was a weird, unexpected, surreal. And then, but it was a good fit.
0: Was it, I hear writers sometimes talk about how they don't, they're certainly guiding it, but they feel sometimes like the book writes them. Did you have that experience or were you like very exacting
1: on this? Cause it gets far out, which it's, is, which <laughs> I want to get
0: it, which I really, we're going to get to,
1: but. I'll say two things. One, uh, the book, um, couldn't write it. I mean, what I mean by that is uh, I had to be so smart about time management. Yes. Because we didn't have a... We wanted the book to come out on the 50th anniversary of the year we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that put all these time limitations and then I also knew the general storyline, so I I couldn't just um, um, subconsciously drift out in front of a tape recorder like Morrison did to write the songs. Right. <laughs> it was uh, a right, lot right, of hauling right. ass. But on the same side... Whenever I would hope for a connection, like okay, these story interests me and this does too, yeah. man. If they if there's ever an overlap, that would just be amazing. And every time I said that, the next day I seemed to like find that connection. And anyway, so well, it, it's me. It's just me. A year and a half emailing my editor, like whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, and him going like whoa, just feeling, like, dude, feeling yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, look that 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 shows in the book. I uh. The, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but you meet with uh, Peter Wolf. No, that's for, in the article. For, well, it's in the article. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. in Jay Giles' band. Right. And he kind of trolls you, which is is, is hilarious. <laughs> but then he doesn't. But then right. you guys are standing right. outside, and, and some guy walks by, and yep. you think he hears his van the man. Yep. And like that type of it, it's so ridiculous that you're like, come on. But you're like, no. I kept worried really, about you, it. It was so you, weird. You, you, feel, you yeah. feel that it happens and it matches up to like this narrative of how, what was going on in the book. The book, if, if you're listening to this and you're wondering like, is the book specifically about Van Morrison? No. Right. right. Uh, and, and that's not, and that's actually part of the magic of it is that if it had been some exhaustive in the studio thing about Van Morrison, mm-hmm. that could have been interesting to a certain crowd. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And, and that's certainly, and,
1: Maybe you'll do that something maybe you'll get the studio notes or something i I don't know I mean I what I've been saying is if you're interested in Astro Weeks, there's more in it about it in this book than any other yes. book yes so um but it's also going to be about a bunch of other yeah other and, things and, too
0: and it's the other stuff that like I'm just now trying like starting to like connect all the dots as much as they can be connected because so not being from Boston and right. I actually we were talking haven't been to Boston. Uh, Mel Lyman uh-huh. is somebody that I haven't, like, I just had no yeah experience with, but neither did I. Yeah. Uh, neither did you. So, so this wasn't even like in Boston. This is a thing. Here's this guy up on the hill.
1: No, the, in fact, me and, uh, another local writer were like, yeah, that should have been like a boogeyman story since we were kids. Always, <laughs> you know, like, the, oh, I mean, the, he, he builds a wall around shit. I mean, it's, so for the listeners who haven't, read a description or the book there's kind of, um, if there's two main people in the book, it's Van Morrison and it's this uh, banjo player named uh, Mel Lyman mm-hmm. who later claimed he was God and things get more controversial <laughs> there. He stormed the stage after Dylan went electric and did a dirge for folk music on harmonica yeah. um, as the crowd streamed out of Newport um, and just that that yeah. for instance, to know that there was something, I thought I knew That cultural shift moment of Mm -hmm. going electric, front, backwards, upside down. And then it's like, actually, what about the encore? You know? And then, uh, and that's why the book starts with that moment, because it's the most well-known moment in rock and roll, one of them. Dylan goes electric. For sure. And it's just like unrolling a little more of the canvas. Yep. And so, um, and that's kind of what the book does a lot, is show you something very familiar and then take you somewhere really unfamiliar,
0: right? Because I think a lot of times what we don't think about is how, like, music just doesn't happen in a mm-hmm. vacuum. But sometimes the stuff that you're like writing about, or music is being made, and wherever it's being made, is influenced in ways that maybe even like Van Morrison didn't know about what's going on in the city. I mean, because as it's laid out in the book, yeah, it's this vibe, right? That if you're not uh, essentially tripping your face off by like the third chapter, like you're you're not connected with the book, I'll say that, but like right. you you will because it's um the sixties have been like romanticized mythologized what and all that stuff, but this is actually you take it down into a lot of the hard realities of this right you know yeah it's it's been very easy to paint Lyman as like and and you there's a comparison part between him and charlie manson, sure and yeah, yeah, yeah. very easy to paint it but that instead you actually explain how a cult in the 60s worked, which people aren't going to actually... Like, you never think about it. You never think, right, like, right. Well, why the fuck would people b- follow Jim Jones? Right, right. Why would they follow him? Yeah. But you lay this out by yeah. building it around, like, this city, and it, it feels, like, so, like, remarkably, almost like a, a great, like, noir fiction. Uh-huh. That's But it's real. Yeah, it's it's like, real. You can, you can check everything. <laughs> yeah. And... And so you know you have that you have you yeah. name check all these bands. Uh, I, I, w- the best time I've had this past two weeks was going back listening to Ultimate Spinach a lot. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim Questkin. yeah. But the Questkin stuff is yeah. stuff that I had heard, but then listening to this context, now, oh. all sudden, now all of a sudden it's like super it does creepy. Change the context, yeah. It absolutely changes, yep. and I'm like, oh no, this is this is the bad stuff. But oh, it's, uh, it's good, yeah. But like unrolling that canvas around it, yeah. When you figure out where Van Morrison actually fits into it, uh-huh. it it becomes so other like it's come so otherworldly that um, again it's almost fiction. It's it's too weird to be true, but yeah. it is. Yeah, and I mean, I guess like like you said, your reaction was like, "Whoa, constant woes," you know, constant yeah. constant woes. But yeah. like how how do we not talk about music
1: like this all the time? Music like. Well, just like uh, anything in, in the, these terms. Oh, 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 oh. Well, um, I mean, a lot of people. You mean talking about the uh, cultural uh, details that surrounded the making of to it to the to the level anything? to the level that you oh to the level to the, yeah.
0: that you did the the minutia of stuff. Uh-huh. There, there's even some
1: stuff. There's there's murder in this. There's drug yeah. abuse. Yeah. There's like all kinds of stuff yeah. that clearly did inform. Okay. Well, I I can't say why we why we don't see more of that or mm-hmm. or if it's there I I couldn't answer that but um what what it ended up being was that Astro Weeks was like largely improvised in the studio right yeah. when you finally get to the studio it's these New York jazz musicians who are amazing but they aren't the band he's been palling around with. it's like this it's this total um moment of um you know accidental bliss so whenever you have a moment like that, you the story of recording an album usually in most books are like based on relationships that've been developing for months, yeah, because that's not there, I was like, well, then actually, the story is everything that happens right before right. they hit the studio, right, so, and then it became a game of like how how into the weeds can we get, yeah, yeah, and still um still be." Kind of telling the same story.
0: If you had to, if you had to speculate, and I know this. There, this you bring it up a little in, in the book. Yeah. How, um, how aware of like any connection Van Morrison had at this time to the Lyman family?
1: Oh, I mean, it's. I would love to know. I mean, I could imagine him picking up an Avatar in Harvard Square, right? One day. Because and, and, and who to, knows? What, to, what's Avatar? Oh, okay, in? so yeah. Avatar is a the, the, uh, underground newspaper. That Mel Lyman and some others started, it was the source of a lot of obscenity trials, <laughs> yeah. and it was also like this weird platform to promote Mel as a guru God yeah. kind of situation. But it was also a great. It listed all the concerts, yeah. it had political content. it yeah. was It was really this multi-headed, very strange, short-lived newspaper um. But uh Morrison and Lyman kind of dance around each other the whole book. Right. I mean, there's moments where it gets eerily close, like when John Payne, the flute player for Astro Weeks, right, goes up to Fort Hill. Right. And they figure out he's a Capricorn and it looks like he's gonna be they roll out the red carpet for him. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh wait, we read your chart wrong. You're not a Capricorn. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> yeah. But that's like that happens just after he records Astro Weeks. And yeah. so when he told me that, I got chills. Yeah. And then, you know, near the end of the book when um Lyman and Queskin and others try to storm and pull the same trick at Newport that they didn't. Yep. That melded in '65. Um, later that night, Morrison performs at Newport and does yeah. "Madam George" and other Astor Weeks songs. So, like, there's moments where it gets, um, you know, uh, paper cut close. Right. But um, I would, I would love to. I did not get to ask Morrison. Yeah. Yeah. Directly. For sure. so. and, and apparently, he wouldn't really talk about it. I don't know if, if you catch him on a good day. Who huh? knows? Yeah, I mean it's very
0: um, in that sense. It's very like uh, it's almost like Stephen Kingish. I don't know if you read a lot of Stephen King growing up.
1: I really did. So I mean, I, not a lot, but but the but few you know, that you know I what did I'm saying, then. was important. Well, just like. Um, No, what do you mean? (laughs) Well, well, there's coincidence, and then there's stuff that's that's uh, that's
0: providence, and then and then supernatural, right? And a lot of this, a lot of what the Lyman family was into was astrology, was like Ouija boards, stuff like that. Yep, Uh, plecturns,
1: all all that stuff. And apparently,
0: like that, really sort of started in Boston, which
1: I didn't know. Well, not started in Boston, but there was a huge explosion uh, of it uh, in uh, the 1800s, and then it was a surprise to me that Morrison was a hugely interested in the occult. It was yeah. just like this kind of like unspoken about under layer to a bunch of beautiful folk and rock music right, right. where people are basically <laughs> casting spells and making decisions based on the stars. But, that, and,
0: but like yeah. when you're writing that, so that is such like a, uh, it's probably out of fashion now, such an old cliche of like sixties rock and roll. Right. That you're like, if you see it in a movie, they're like, I'm the dark arts or whatever. Right. But to know that it really <laughs> is what people were doing. It's like, come on, man it's I mean, it just makes Boston feel like this epicenter of like all the stories, uh sort of like the Dark Tower. All the stories burst forth from here and that get weirder and more diluted out <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, yeah. and then Morrison being there with yeah. Lyman being you know uh being God, as he said, right you know, th- being these different
1: poles of of just power. Uh not- yeah I mean the, what 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 one of the things that interested me was that they were both like really pursuing spirituality through music and um when we first start the story mm-hmm. Van is a nobody and Lyman's kind of infamous yeah. in town and then when we end the story Lyman's completely forgotten and Van's one of the most famous people ever right musicians ever right so I was like that is just that's kind of perfect A B storytelling. Yeah, like starting in this one place that has similarities, and just explain how each ends up in a very different place. Right.
0: Yeah. And, but again, without ever, without ever like connecting. Right. I, I mean, know.
1: I mean, uh, it was it. It's a weird idea for a book. I admit it. Oh, well, it's a like, no. It's a great <laughs> idea for a book. And, and I mean, it it just.
0: You want music history? And I think what I'm getting at is like music history is this. Oh, okay. All yeah. music history is this. Like if you dig yeah. your favorite band, right. you will find all these things, and right. it's up to you to decide what parallels you want to draw. Mm-hmm. You and that's that's mythology, right? Right. That's whether Ozzy bit the head off the bat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you doing the work makes the case for that maybe that maybe it isn't actually mythology. I mean maybe it's it's mythical, but it's these are the facts. Yeah. These I are mean, the facts uh, as it happened.
1: I, I don't think any of the conclusions you draw were are at all like unfounded. Yeah, well that's good. I mean I do I we worked very carefully to not make any outrageous claims, mm-hmm. you know, he wrote the whole album here. Like that's not true. Yeah. Or um and then also I did want to like break down the myths mm-hmm. and the, but at the same time, talk about the plain facts, which were myth like. Yeah, and you know Morrison, in that song where he sings about Massachusetts and Boston. Yeah, he's just been there, and he's singing the city names like Is it train, on train. Yeah, the, the the outtake, the one outtake that survived from Master Weeks, he's singing those Massachusetts names as if they're like places in a Tolkien book. Yeah, you know he's like. He really sounds. He, he's doing. Him and Janet are doing instant mythology of their life. You know right, what I mean? Right. And uh, and so were the Lyman family with right with everything going on there. Yeah. So there is a lot of mythology, but um, I tried not to like fall hook, line, and sinker for the fairy tale. Right. You know what I mean? Like talk about. I tried to include. Would all you the books. Would you
0: have when you were a kid? What do you mean? I mean, is that, is that a function of age? You try not to follow Hill and Singer for this, but like, oh, but that, that, that fairy tale, if you
1: just stop there, it's yeah. fun as hell. I know, yeah, but but the what's interesting to me is like when someone's like doing something amazing, and all right, the perfect example is like Jay Berliner, the guitarist for Astro Weeks. Yeah. All right. He comes in to the studio, starts laying down these gorgeous pieces on Classic mm-hmm. Books guitar. Earlier that morning, he's knocking out jingles for Noxima. Like to me, that's yeah. beautiful. Like, yeah. Like right. Oh yeah. Right before I uh, stepped into this beautiful myth that will, uh, you know, just step into the annals of history. I was. Right. I was an ad man. Like.
0: Well, it's also a very different time for music. Yeah. It, it, I mean, a very different time to be a musician now. Musicians go out and, and you know this from Hallelujah the Hills. Mm-hmm. You go out. You have to tour to cycle and stuff. Instead, it still exists, but you know the. People were there. Got to bust out the Noxima ad. Yeah. Then I got a session down the street. Then I got another session down the street. Uh, I mean, it's no, uh, I don't think it's any accident that uh, Bang Records is mentioned
1: in this. Oh, well, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, it's it's kind of like the inciting action for Morrison to end up in Cambridge. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And if you think about like his career was made by like basically a $20,000 payoff.
1: Oh yeah. Right. So for your listeners, Morrison's uh, record contract with Bang was partially uh, tied up with some mobsters, which yeah. Joe Smith uh, kind of takes care of early in the book. But, you know, it's a... Yeah, I mean, think and, about... On the way to making that beautiful album was a sack of cash yeah. on the floor. And again, this is
0: this is the wildest of histories. <laughs> I bring up Bang because we just actually did a, a pretty exhaustive thing on uh, Neil Diamond.
1: Oh, cool. You yeah, did oh, that and, stuff. yeah, yeah. And he was... And yeah. he's actually, <laughs> like... Burt burns was managing him, or yes. releasing yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. W- around the same time that like um van started to think bang was maybe a bad idea, I guess uh, Neil Diamond started to get really weird about the association as well, and then when he kind of like insinuated he was gonna leave bang, yeah, someone threw a stink bomb into one of his concerts <laughs> at, at the bottom line, I think, right, right, yeah, so.
0: To get to the actual music, you know, we we know that the band that actually recorded it wasn't the guys he was playing with. You heard something? Oh, the the catacombs tapes, right? Um, I'm a, I'm an old dead fan, so I'm into taping. Like, and it's cool to hear when people did it like long before that. Yeah. Um, that seems as you presented in the book, and and I and I. I suspect that you're that type of music fan too. you like, you're just, I you want the, you want the, the raw shot of it. That, that seems almost like a fountain of youth for this, this whole thing, this, this magical touch point, because as many facts as you connect around this, as many, everything, there is actually that record. Right. That you, that people can't hear.
1: <laughs> well, what, what, what he's referring to there is that, okay, so the, Van Morrison goes through three distinct lineups of his band in Boston, which is called the Van Morrison controversy. Yeah. <laughs> the only time he uses that weird band name, and it's three different lineups of Boston awesome musicians. Yeah. And basically all those guys and myself um just want proof <laughs> that they were right. there, they were playing the songs, and that they developed the sound of Astro So Peter Wolf made a recording in August of the third of those lineups, where it's dropped down to an acoustic trio, mm-hmm. and they drop down to acoustic trio, mind you, because Van had a dream that there were no more electric instruments. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Peter Wolf makes this recording. If if, if any yeah. if any musician today says that, uh-huh. it's like you're full of shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like,
0: like, I had a dream; it just came to me. But but
1: yeah, that it feels real. Yeah, I uh the guy, the John Sheldon is certain that's. It's his memory of how yeah. that went down. But but anyways, Wolf um, you know, um, shows me these tapes in his apartment when I'm there one night. And um the book kind of is like the uh quest to hear the the tapes. Yeah. And and then play them for the yeah. guys who um haven't heard them in fifty years. Right. Yeah. And the reactions you got from them were just they were like, yeah, they were shit. it was one of the great honors of my life to like sit them yeah. each down and play them I, I i eventually, Mr. Wolf was not um helpful in the end in letting <laughs> me hear them like he said he would that night, yeah, but, um whatever that's okay, but uh, eventually, miraculously, I did hear them, yeah, and I got to play them for those Boston musicians
0: for you uh How long? How long in the process of writing this book were you when you heard that?
1: Oh, it was it was down to the wire. It was amazing. Oh shit! So this is yeah. So it wasn't. It was crazy. We actually had to. I think I was done, or I was writing the epilogue when this connection happened, and um, Ed Park, the editor, and I had all these plans. Um, How does the book end if you don't hear the tapes? How does the book end if you hear the tapes? How does the book end if Train sucks? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like right. we had, a, we had all these unknowns that we hoped to solve, but like mm-hmm. we talked about, um, you know, contingency plans for if they weren't as good as we thought they might be. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that's you know still because a... sometimes these things. Oh yeah. The cool, the coolest part is that you can hear it, and yes. the minute you do, it's a letdown. And what was one of the phenomenal things about? Um, this instance is that it was the opposite. It was like yeah, better than I thought it was going to be. It like illuminated the whole thing. Can you listen to the Astro Weeks the album the same now? You know what? A couple of people have asked me that and, and, and I can. I can like kind of listen to it and still like not think of all the stories and not think of all the details yeah. and send them do what the music intended to do, which is to kind of like put you in this dream state for 40 whatever minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is,
0: yeah, I, I just started. I'll take years off from listening to it. Uh huh. And, um, and this, this was an on year. That's why I was like excited oh, to read cool. the book. I was like, you know what? I'm going yeah. I, I, uh, we lost, we had a flood down here and lost all my vinyl. Oh, that was I'm sorry. The, uh, it's fine. We're, we're good now. Okay. All right. Insurance. Okay. Insurance good. kids. Uh, get it. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, uh, empty
1: vinyl. Yeah. Places. But, but
0: it was, it was, uh, it was one of the first things I bought. And then when I, put it on mm-hmm. uh on a, actually now a better stereo system it was it it was like time travel
1: yeah i mean what i keep uh, one of the things i keep saying about it is that any album from the late 60s you can spot a mile away there's yep. the backwards guitar solo there's the sitar yep. there's the weird overused echo effect all in one song and ultimate spinach <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one
0: i uh do you know Casey Ray I uh, just, from just to, online. So, so I've never he, met him. He, yeah, he's a good friend of mine. And he, uh, <laughs> we talk about that type of music a lot. Uh-huh. And he's just like, I told him I was listening to it. And
1: he's just, oh, his response is just, whoa. Whoa. Yeah, <sighs> ultimate spinach. Look it up, friends. Yes. But Master Weeks is uh, all acoustic. It sounds like you could have come out of a couple of different decades. Yeah. It's got this weird, timeless.
0: Quality. I think, and this is something that um, you look for, like in live recordings, especially because you can hear the the breath, the air in the room move. Yeah, and that that changes a lot of how you relate to instruments. I mean, because certainly seeing something live yeah. is very different than just sitting there and listening to a record. I th- that's one of those records that gets closer to that sound, even though like it's, where, you can, a, room, you, where you can feel the yeah. room, you can feel the room. Yeah, and even though as you described, like he, you know, he locked himself. In He's a in vocal the booth. booth. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's not actually what's happening. Um, part of the, I guess, that magic, that
1: weird, uh, uh, just alchemy surrounding the whole thing just literally fed into it. I think a lot of modern recordings get that room feel squeezed out of it by compression.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know? For sure.
1: Yeah. That's so. Have
0: you heard any of uh, Dave Cobb's recordings from his, uh, from Studio A in Nashville? I get, no. So, uh, he did, he's doing some really interesting work. So he he did the uh, Chris Stapleton albums. He did uh, Jason Isbell's album,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, but the Brandy Carlisle album he just did, and they actually really use the room, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's one of the better recordings of the past few years. Like just technically speaking, because of that, yeah, because you feel the wood. Yeah, you hear you you understand like oh it's echoing off over here and it's not a trick it's not like a five to one trick it's, okay yeah yeah it's it it really it really feels lived in and but this is with all this technology instead of just here's a you know that studio mm-hmm. that he was in probably wasn't too much bigger than where we are now
1: yeah and like and 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 some super produced compressed recordings are kick ass and mm-hmm. uh, it's appropriate for a lot of different types of music yeah. But I'm just what I'm saying is that that sound and feel is um, still available. If yeah. You want to make those choices. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, especially if you can afford an analog studio.
0: Yes. <laughs> analog, analog is definitely the way to go on that. Um, was one of your options when you were trying to tie stuff up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> what the fuck if Mel's alive? Well, I spent the whole book acting like a crazy person, <laughs> like he is, because the original writer of the Rolling Stone mm-hmm. expose really kind of got me going that it was a possibility. And so, so did other people. Yeah. And um, I thought it was, I thought anything was possible. When the first person told you that, were you just, just like, stop? What are you talking about? Like, yeah, yeah. I was, I, I asked him to clarify, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because uh just for your listeners, you know, the, one of these main people in the book, Mel Lyman, the um the harmonica player who said he was God, living up on Fort Hill with a commune of folks. He um he kind of disappears from public life. He becomes mm-hmm. a very public figure, very famous, infamous in Boston and beyond. And then uh kind of by the mid seventies no one's hearing a peep. And then by the mid eighties, the family tells the reporter that he died in seventy eight, right? But there's no death certificate, right? There's nothing to, and that messed me up to prove, yeah. And so, I was like, well, there has to be more to the story of that, and you shouldn't just be able to disappear someone, right? <laughs> That's not a good thing, even <laughs> you know,
0: no matter how personal. Ha, have, someone... have you been in America in twenty eighteen? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, uh, yeah, that was it was. Uh, because i still question it oh you do yeah <laughs> that's you know you're i couple- had to i had to reread like the <laughs> conclusion you landed on yeah. i'm like yeah
0: how did how did ryan get
1: there because uh, well you i can't say oh, I know. specifics but um uh i'll let i won't spoil it. i'll let people no, read it, no, no, but no. i it's interesting because i thought it was i thought it pretty clearly wrapped it up and people are coming to me like so you know Maybe he's gonna come out of hiding, and I'm like, "Dude, what?" He's gonna see the book. He's like, you
0: got it all wrong. And, <laughs> no, uh, um, no, and it's not. something I I didn't believe your case for it. I I just no. There's so much weirdness. There's that- so much weirdness. There's so much magic to the whole thing that yeah. I'm like, "Why not? <laughs> like, why the fuck not? Like, he's just gonna show up. Like, he's gonna show up running for senate or something. <laughs> and uh, which would be. It wouldn't be that weird, actually. Um, yeah, I it, it. Did you? How many of the people of the commune did you actually talk to?
1: Uh I'd have to count it up, but but a lot of people were a bunch, that are still a bunch, there. They still live on Fort Hill where they settled in '68, which was the first mm-hmm. shocker. Uh, I couldn't. I, I was like, wow, they've all this time they've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, is
0: that is that just not a place that? people go to too much in Boston. Okay. Or? So
1: when they bought those houses, yes. it was super cheap, run down. For sure. And it, they were um, you know, basically uh the only um white residence yeah, you know, yeah. a half mile. But um but now it, it, it's uh desirable it's it's um the the prices for condos and rentals there are yeah well gentrification are, happens. And, yes yeah, precisely yeah. it's uh it's it's definitely a nice place to live. Yeah. Yeah. And but but are they but are they going
0: there? like cuz there's there's uh you very eloquently describe or lay out how racial tensions worked in Boston. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh which I think is super important. I think people yeah. um I'm from the south. Northern racism is way different than southern racism, but it's still racism. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh and so to see that and to see that uh is understood there like that is, is like, yeah, okay. Making progress. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But, um, but there is uh, without getting into details, there is sort of a, a showdown and, uh, and then they, they're still, they're just still there. Right. By whatever means yeah, they're still yeah, there. And, that they're still there in 2018, that was also one of the more mind blowing things. Yeah, that that yeah. it still exists. Because yeah. um, they're not putting out the paper anymore.
1: No, I mean, they started a construction company. Yeah. Uh, some of them still tour and play music. Yeah. And, uh, but like I said in the book, it, it struck me when they gave me the tour of like a, a really nice retirement home for a bunch of baby boomers, artistic baby boomers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which was interesting. You know that they um, uh, even into their golden years decided to still live in those houses, still live together. So
0: it felt normal, though, right? It wasn't. It wasn't like going in. You know, you get the vibe when you go to some places, and like, especially something like that, or somebody who's been, uh, been uh, doing psychedelics a little too long.
1: Well, like I said, <laughs> uh, no. I mean, they were so they were very polite and nice. Yeah. Um, but then you know they bring you down the back staircase, and there's like a framed picture of Mel with. Um, you know, one yeah. of his writings, which are often, um, you know, have something that, uh, I find untasteful, <laughs> distasteful in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for sure. And, and, then,
0: uh, and a lot of that was honestly that, that like jived with, um, ideologue, like 60s cult leader
1: lingo. Yeah. But it, but I yeah. know, like, but, it, but the, the, uh, the homophobia and the yeah, racism yeah. stuff, I just find it repellent. Um, um, but you know, like he's still. What I mean is, he's still kind of a shadow over mm-hmm. the houses in them. Um we, it's which is, uh, uh, landed the whole thing. Uh, yeah, odd feel. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, cause like this
0: whole, despite its history, this whole thing still exists, like in your home, right? In your hometown. Yeah. yeah. Um, and
1: you know, I I I bought a complete set of Avatar newspapers from them. Oh, shit, at the really? beginning of the research. Went up there one rainy night. Forked over four hundred bucks. Yeah, got a big box, and uh, but the Avatar newspaper is one of the best resources for research I had through the whole book. Really, because like I said, it's not just about it is about them and their community up there, but it's also about Boston politics, the music scene, um, yeah, cool art. It's really fascinating.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, outside of Lyman, who was your favorite? Um, Character in quotes to like learn about, to sort of get inside oh, their head.
1: Well, I mean, I really enjoyed, I enjoyed learning about everybody. I mean, everybody yeah. in the book is there because I think they're interesting on some level. Yeah. Um, you know, certain people who are super important to the story, but uh, I had never known or spoken to before. Someone like Ray Reapin, mm-hmm. the guy who starts the Boston Tea Party, BCN. Yeah. And then bankrolls the Cambridge Phoenix, which are like the three pillars of Boston counterculture that yep. all kind of still existed when I got going yeah. out of college in, in, in Boston music and art. Um, you know, Ray is a larger-than-life Southern ex-lawyer. Yeah. And just to hear, I'd be like, now, Ray, so Velvet Underground's playing at your club like all the time. What do you think of their music? And he's like, well, basically, they're a fucking joke. <laughs> they, they had a girl drummer and and every junkie in the northeast would come out, hear him play heroin, and he'd always oblige. And just like to hear someone who was so entrenched in the story and such a part of like making all this cool art happen and yeah. accessible he, <laughs> that he doesn't really care for much of it. Right. Is a interesting Personality I, mean? it, it happens right. for sure are are th- those places are still around or no, so the tea party closed in um early seventies, the mm-hmm. second locale, but it it really was the birth of like the rock palaces, yeah, you know just rock clubs that's what the building is for, right, which lasts to this day on the same street actually yes yeah. down street is full of those places and then b c n just closed you know five seven years ago, and the phoenix. Also shuttered its doors within the same time period. So I kind of see. I like that this book is out now because I feel that the things that it birthed just kind of are winding down. I'm just winding down. Yeah. Like is that it pe-
0: is that- anything of that
1: like replacing it or is it just? It's a good question. I mean, like ever I, I I miss the phoenix quite a bit. Yeah, and I don't think anything has really replaced it. Um, but people are doing great things. Um, they're, they're just big shoes to fill, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: yeah. If, um, yeah, I mean, along those lines, you know, if, uh, there's so many Richmond in here as as Jonathan. Jonathan We haven't talked about Jonathan.
1: Yeah. We can talk about (laughs) Jonathan. Um,
0: he's, uh, again, on the, on the weird periphery of all this.
1: Yeah. So Jonathan Richmond, modern lovers, um, Road Runner, you know him from Roadrunner. Some yeah. of you maybe just know him from the guy singing songs in the tree and uh, Some something of that about Mary. Mary. <laughs> yeah. But Jonathan literally got his start with music by becoming part of the Velvet Underground's Boston crew. <laughs> Velvet Underground for, for reasons that um, no one can agree upon, yeah. they just start, after Warhol's fired as their manager, they start to just play Boston all the time, right. and they almost never play New York. Three three times in three or four years as opposed to like 50 to 60 times in Boston, something, something insane like that. They're always here. And Jonathan, um uh, just kind of gloms onto them and they literally teach him how to play guitar yeah. and kind of get him going. And, uh, he's driving the band around sometimes right. in his dad's car. And, um, Jonathan, uh, you can only interview him by mail if he'll agree to that. And <laughs> it was wow. a joy to like exchange letters with, because I, uh, yeah, as a songwriter, I, I uh, I love that.
0: Yeah. No, he's, he's yeah. And yeah, I mean, you can see him in your work. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
1: Oh, I never thought of that.
0: I mean, for sure. Yeah. He's, um, he's, you know, he's one of the master storytellers.
1: And he's so he's just, uh, he's just, you know, like one thing, a good advice for anyone is like, you're, you're going to be the best at being yourself because mm-hmm. no one can be also be you. Yes. And Jonathan, even though he gets his start, Literally in imitating, like one guy told me, he was just—he's a kid from Natick, but he's doing a uh, a Brooklyn accent, trying to imitate Lou, (laughs) yeah, not uh, Long Island accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, um, you know, that's how you get going. A lot of times in the arts, Mm -hmm. you imitate until you figure out who you are and Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I I think uh, actually we were just talking about that down here, Um, talking about the um, Ryan Porter album, the West Coast Get Down, Kamasi Washington. Miles Mosley and all those guys. He just put out an album, and it's this far away from standards. They recorded it eight uh-huh. years ago in their dad's garage. Uh-huh. And and it's like, well, why would you do that? It's like, well, because they probably spent the five years prior just playing the standards. Uh-huh. Until you get better and better and better, and you emulate, and you break into something new. Um, which, you know, in terms of Van Morrison, though, that actually, I don't know if that was ever the case. I mean, Them it's one of my favorite bands of all time, period, because uh-huh. they're a motherfucker of a band. Yeah. Um, but, uh, there's nobody that sounds like them and it's not just his voice. Right. Um, and there's nothing like Astro Weeks. There's not, there's nothing, it's nothing like any of his albums.
1: Yeah. Like he. <laughs> well, I mean the later ones there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know. <laughs> but you know, but even then his voice is so, uh, unmistakable and yeah, I know what you mean. But the, the way he is, the way he can, oh, yeah, he can, yeah. he
0: can, like he, the crazy. he sounds like, he sounds like himself always, but he can. Um, whether it's your reliance, like the listeners, just reliance on your history with him, your mm. history with this album or stuff, or whatever the reason you hear it, and you can instantly you're somewhere else. He's got you, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, and the
1: voice is so commanding. Yeah, yeah. And it's- you're
0: like, oh, this dude is gonna spout poetry. This dude is gonna like crack open some cosmic truth for me right yeah. now, or
1: maybe not. <laughs> but also, but the, the one of the my favorite parts about that is. He's like the guru mystic, but he's also the person you hear every time you go grocery shopping <laughs> like it, like he's he's made art where he just like he just like repeats a phrase like for five minutes straight and it sounds it, totally insane, and then he's also making these huge hits that you. Literally cannot escape from in public. I mean, are we living in a Van Morrison simulation? <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I don't that, think are you sure? I think uh, Like look, you you think you, think, sure, you but... think we made it out of sixty eight. <laughs> it's really nineteen sixty
1: nine. Oh god. And this
0: is all this is what Astro Weeks was. Right? Oh. It was the uh the portal to that. Um
1: <laughs> no, no, he's I, he's ubiquitous the- as fuck. But yeah, but he made like one of the artiest albums ever and then like an album chock full of hits back to back. Yeah. Aster Weeks then Moon Dance. Yeah. And that's nuts. Yeah. That's some versatility, you
0: know. Yeah. And and I I feel like cuz Moon Dance raises its head, the song in this was certainly as part of the
1: sessions. Oh yeah, the Boston Yeah, they yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, yeah, the around song, with Moondance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting like um uh what was the other? Oh, Caravan Tom talked about so oh, yeah, Tom, the Boston bass player, talked about man waking him up in the middle of the night, right. saying he just dreamt a song about a radio, and right. then they start working on Caravan, right? Yeah, and that, yeah, that actually creeped me out a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, because you know, and and you make a point that he writes a lot about radios, and a lot of yes, people made that yeah. point. Writes write a lot about radios. Right. I mean, if, um, one interpretation of of this history that you've put together could be. That uh, Mel Lyman was just the broadcaster. Uh-huh. He wasn't God, but he something was going on there. And then Vans picking picking up on the signals,
1: right? At least some. Well, I
0: mean, oh, he... or maybe not even Lyman. Maybe the family. Maybe whatever
1: whatever drew that together. Um, I've always been interested since I started like reading about how bands and songwriters operate. Mm-hmm. In the people who say that, um certain numbers of their songs are the the creative process as a radio like tuning yep. in and you're not sure where it's come from but it's suddenly in there um do you feel like that in your, writing? In in your yeah, music writing i do sometimes but i'm just as comfortable with the idea of oh my subconscious i figured out a way to yeah kick the lid off that and that spilled yeah, out yeah yeah uh like I'm right. I'm right. I'm both Mulder and Scully. It's like, <laughs> like I'm cool with the very scientific right, explanation, right? And then on uh, some nights I'm like, Ooh, yeah, a little <laughs> Twilight Zone. Far sony. out, man. But, um, you know, like radios, Ouija boards, those are perfect metaphors for what creativity is. Yeah. Because something didn't exist, and it's kind of invisible, but suddenly it does exist in the room. And do you really know how it works? I'm not sure <laughs> I do. And so um, that's also the feeling when, when you come across
0: a chord change, like yeah. that perfect chord change. Yeah. It's like, where did it come from? And uh, the question I've been asking lately is, why does it make me feel like that? Uh-huh. It doesn't yeah, feel yeah. like a single thing in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, I think if like, one of the unspoken takeaways of the book, I hope, is like that if there's anything that's magic in the world, it's music. Yeah, and music is like literally spells, and I don't mean that in the sense that you can, um, I mean it in the sense that it's a s- arrangement of sounds you make with your mouth and words yeah. that literally make you and others feel different. Yeah, um, I I'm fine with literal, like, because I'm not like all yeah.
0: all uh you know up on the psychic plane or whatever. But I, mm-hmm. I again I like that chord. There's no explanation. Why does music do that
1: to us? Yeah, I know. But thank God it does, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we were talking about this with some friends last night. Like, there are there are parts of it you can math out, right? And you can be like, okay, this is going to be successful because this and right. know, the algorithmic assessment of music. But there, there just are those parts that you can't. Um, and whether you're writing it or listening to it, like it just it re- requires you be responsive to it. Mm-hmm. Um, like your book, I think, is music. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I responded. Like now, uh, it, it turned on my reading thing. Like now, i have read another book since oh, I finished great. yours. Yeah, All right. I was just like, "Well, fuck." It's a, I, it's I, a gateway drug. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm studying LSD now. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, um, but yeah, it's it's that it's that being like open to that, and if there's anything that I can tell just from talking to you now and then after reading the book, yeah. like you had a mission, but you really opened yourself up to this and, and let it happen.
1: Yes, I was open to, yeah, because I knew I could work hard, but other than that, there was no yeah. guarantees on any any other element of it. So yeah, just I tried to um, be open to whatever the finished book was, yeah. was going to be it, you know? Yeah, and as it stands, it's remarkable. Like, Thank you very uh, much. Like I said at the top, it is. I really, um, it's been out a few weeks now, and um, I'm not doing the fake modesty thing when I yeah. say I'm really wildly surprised about how many people are um, like not just enjoying it, but like latching onto it in a yeah. intense way. I I've been telling people, um, starting off with people who
0: are fans of Van Morrison, which as we Determined yeah. earlier is everybody because it's everywhere because right we're in the simulation. But neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, but I, I've been telling people I'm like, okay, I know you love Van Morrison, I know you want this, yeah. but this is something different, right? And because you love Astral Weeks, because the way you listen to music, talking to like friends of mine, mm-hmm. this is this is going to be for you. And right. so, and so far, the people have started it or got into it, and are like holy shit, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like that this is the, you know, some people it's like a book they've been waiting for. It certainly so was cool. like in, in, our, in our little thing, I, I compared you uh, and I think this is apt to Hunter S. Thompson, who, somebody I just studied incessantly and like Ken Burns, that type of documentarian. And um, that is, we aren't as lousy in the world with it, that type of talent as we were. Once. Do you think, do you think like from, an- I think, I think there's some, or I think, well, let me, let me back that up. We are. I think those voices aren't getting out
1: as often okay. as they did. Yeah.
0: There isn't, like, for example, once Hunter
1: left, there's not another Hunter. No, but there never will be. But there's great, Maybe right? Not. But, like, uh, what about, you ever read John Ronson? Uh, no. That guy? Should I? I think you should. non okay. f- Non-fiction, kind of in the story, but not too much. Okay. Um, very funny and... I mean, if you. But could... I know, I'm sorry, now I'm sidetracking your point. I know no, no, what you if, mean. If you can write five more books, I'll just read your books. <laughs> oh, that I would love to. But whoa, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, just that um, I spent the majority of writing this book totally confident I was on the right path and terrified that everyone was going to hate it because they just wanted to know about Astro Weeks. <laughs> oh, so, man. like, uh, this is um, like a real coming out party. Nice. Because I kind of did lie to everyone. I was like, "Yeah, it's a book about after weeks." <laughs> right. right, But not yeah. really. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. Well, you are. Uh, I'm glad you took time to stop by. You, oh, it's my pleasure. You're in the like New York Times. You're in. You're all over the fucking place. It's um. Uh, uh, it's a beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. And uh, and you're in that shit, man. So thanks, uh, dude. I are you gonna this next move? New music or new out? New book? Uh, the
1: Hollywood the hills have about half a new record. Uh, written and then we'll I, I, I do these projects overlap, so mm-hmm. I will try to start a new Between um, uh, the nice. so, cool. Yeah. We'll see you soon. Alright, thanks yeah. man.
0: And the and the back stop Could you find me? Or would you kiss my eyes? Lay me down, silence is the to be born again. To be born again. Huge thanks to Ryan for taking the time to sit down and talk about his his amazing new book. And uh, I know he, he man he drove all over the East Coast uh, th- that weekend. Uh, he was down, uh, went all the way down like to North Carolina, uh, which is which is not an insignificant trek from Boston, uh, but uh, it, it's worth it. It's it's not so much like this book is gonna is gonna sell itself uh, because it's just good, uh, but it's exciting to see how excited he is about it. Uh, he's not just like doing this because he wants to sell books. Obviously he does, but he's doing this because this this, this means something. This is important. And uh, and uh, so happy to help spread the word on that. Um, like I said, before we get out of here, I was going to play a little track for you. Ultimate Spinach. I actually don't want to give you a lot of background on it because you, you get sort of the origin story in the book. Um, but it also is, is a type of thing that it's more fun to dig into it and discover for yourself. And unfold all the different layers Or leaves, if you will, of The Ultimate Spinach uh, But at any rate The, the album is rad uh, This song is rad And, uh, and it's going to place you Exactly, I think, where you need to be uh, When you start reading this book uh, So here, here's a little bit Of Ultimate Spinach off their first album The name of the track is Ego Trip And it is Far Out
1: Up Rising up down. 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 You've got laughing birds singing in your brain. You don't know what they're saying, but they're driving you insane. You think that you're from nowhere and you've got no place to go. You think that you know something, but there's no
0: Ego trip by Ultimate Spinach. I think you get the point. I think uh you might be tuned in there to uh to what's going on and, and what a lot of uh of the scene was. Uh and if not, um I'm not sure how to help you. That. Uh it's pretty pretty clear. Uh it's far out as shit, and uh it's actually a great, great album. So and that's the other upside of this book is that there's a lot of musical references in here that stuff that I had either not heard of, or just completely forgotten about and revisiting it. Um, he recontextualizes stuff. It's just amazing. It's amazing. Like integrating work of art that Ryan created. And, uh, and it's good that he's out in the world, but I can't, I can't wait to see, uh, you know, always say, uh, live in the moment or whatever, but, uh, I can't wait to see what he does next. Uh, this guy, uh, gets it about what, what, uh, art is and music is in this world that we are we are traveling through, uh, and on that note, we are done traveling through this episode. Uh, if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a radio or a message there. Uh, tell your friends, you can also email us at podcast at dot com and and, uh, any feedback you have, any comments, if you want some questions answered, whatever you want. Just do that, and we'll answer that for you. Listen to us in Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Also, always on the site at www.chunkyglasses.com. There you will see the amazing work of uh, Matt Condom, Mauricio Castro, and Avery Junius. They are out there covering live events in the D.C. area and beyond every damn night. It's kind of amazing uh, how... How much they see, uh, with and how much they capture with their lenses. It's 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 impressive. It is impressive. Also, Pippa.io is our podcast host. You can listen to every single episode of this podcast up there. Uh, it is sort of archived for your enjoyment. Uh, and you know, if you give them, a, if you have an idea for a podcast or, or you want to start putting your voice out into the world, uh, sign up there. Give them a few bucks, and uh, it's a monthly fee, but and uh, they will host your ideas and give you all the tools and and feedback uh, that you need to to keep it going smoothly and all the uh, metrics so you can see who's listening to you, see if it's it's worth your time. I think if it is worth it to you just to do it, it is worth your time. You don't need numbers uh, to validate that, but uh, it's always nice. Um, And last but not least, Jamal Gray, Aquatic Gardener. That's the music you hear uh, underneath my voice right now. Uh, Link is in the show notes there for all his amazing work. Uh, short version, this guy is is spearheading a, a new new movement of creativity in Washington, D.C., and uh, hopefully we're going to have him down here pretty soon. So you can talk about that with him. And that's it. We're out of here. We're going to be back next week with uh, some stuff from Y Oak, I think, uh, and some, uh, some pretty cool stuff coming up. So until then, uh, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon.